Welcome to the podcast series, Withers Talks Art. I'm Diana Werbicki, the global head of the Withers Art Law Group, and I'm delighted to be hosting this podcast series. In these podcasts, I have the pleasure of asking art-related questions to my Withers colleagues from around the globe. With me today are Riaz Jaffrey and Tadaw Fisher, who run our immigration team at Withers. Thank you both for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. So we're going to have an exciting discussion today about how art and immigration overlap. Before we begin our conversation, I'd like to remind you that anything that we discuss in this podcast is for informational purposes only, and we're not providing any legal advice. I'm going to start this conversation by saying it's always a surprise to others when I say that being on the art team, I work very closely with our immigration team as well. It doesn't seem like the natural fit for us to be working on clients together, but it really is. And so I thought today we'd have a little discussion just to let our listeners know how we work together and what we do and kind of some insights that we have. In starting this discussion, I always find the art industry, when we talk about the different segments of it, we work with galleries, we work with artists, and we work with collectors. And in all of those groups, we encounter immigration issues. Why don't we start this by talking about the galleries? So we have galleries, what we've seen, global expansion in the art worlds. It's not only that there is one gallery that's located in New York, but they could have gallery locations in the UK and Hong Kong. They could be going to fairs around the world. So there's global mobility there in terms of the people that work for the galleries. Anytime I think about global mobility, I think about immigration. Briaz, you want to start us off? Talk to us a little bit about the gallery immigration picture. The art business is like any other business. When we look at a, a gallery, we need to understand what does the gallery want to do in the U.S.? and what is it doing outside the U.S. So for example, if you have an international gallery with offices in Hong Kong and Tokyo and London, it's probably a larger operation. And if they're setting up a U.S. operation, we have to coordinate that with our tax experts to make sure what are the tax implications. But from an immigration point of view, how can they get here? We set up a U.S. operation, depending on what country you're from, you may be able to get some visas. If the person who's coming over is the principal, or he or she may be very successful, maybe a different type of visa available. If they're from a country with which the U.S. doesn't have, let's say, an investment treaty, it may be very difficult to come over here. Do need to understand who the gallery is, gallery owners are, what they want to do over here, and then see what visa fits. Does timing matter? A lot of times you'll have instances where it may be a gallery owner, and the gallery owner is very involved in the different locations. So they may be spending a lot of time both in the UK and in the US. But there may be a situation where a New York gallery holds an exhibition and one of the UK employees is just really the right salesperson for that exhibition. So they're coming over for a month. Does the timing matter when we're talking about immigration issues to Doc? Timing matters very much because the process can move quickly and sometimes there are some obstacles that need to be handled before we can bring someone over to the United States. So we always will need to have some lead time to look at what the actual activity is to see what type of visa the individual may already have or may not need and to decide what's the best visa category that we could bring the individual on. And also sometimes we talk to clients about what the employee can and can't do here and then sometimes they can mold their role in the United States to fit that. 
it's definitely something as we're seeing that art is a global business that we have these types of immigration considerations and for artists we're seeing that there's international attention from artists and that they're having exhibits around the world as well which involves them to have mobility for our artists what are some of the things that we consider the interesting thing about artists is that there is actually a special visa for artists that we have we don't have one for gallery owners, but we have a special visa for artists. It's called a person with extraordinary ability in the arts. And it's, I would say, for a well-established artist to come to the U.S. to work either for a gallery or to set up their own shop or work with an agent. That process is actually much faster than the other scenario where someone wants to set up a U.S. operation where we need a lot more lead time. Let's say, for example, you've got a well-known artist in pick a country who wants to come to the U.S. and sign up with a particular gallery and, and be represented by an agent, that we can have that person here in as little as three or four weeks with the visa. So we don't need as much lead time, and those visas are quite straightforward and accessible for artists. Who normally gives you that call? Who takes care of that process? Is this the artist to be thinking about these immigration issues, or do you find more often it is on the gallery that's working with the artist or the museum that is handling an exhibition of the artist that should be thinking about these things in the planning stages? I find it just depends on the artist and the relationship that they have. Some artists will have an, an agenda where they're coming to work for one gallery and then they have intentions to work with another gallery or be involved in another show. So find that oftentimes it either comes through either the gallery who initially wants to start an event or a project with this artist, but then it kind of expands into other activities that the artist actually has in mind. It helps us structure whether the gallery would be the sponsor or whether it would be most appropriate that they have an agent involved in it so that they could take on those other activities after the gallery is done with their show with that individual. I would just add that interesting about immigration, and it may be the same in other areas of law, is that once we know what the facts are, we can mold the case around the facts rather than mold the facts into the case. Like that I just mentioned, if the gallery owner or, or the museum curator and or the artist come to us and say, this is what we want to do, what visa can we get or how can we do this, we'll figure out how to do it rather than say, hey, what's the visa and then tell us what to do. So it's much more symbiotic with the interests of the parties than in other areas of law, whereas, you know, the tax is very inflexible, let's say. Immigration by design and I think by the way today I practice is very flexible in how we approach this. And I think that's one of the reasons when we talk about facts and circumstances being so important in the immigration issues that the ability for us to look at it from the perspective of the art market and thinking about the practicality of what's going to happen in their involvement in exhibitions, in how the gallery is operating, I think that that really helps us build the picture within which to make sure we're doing what we need to be doing on the immigration side. The third category here are collectors. Now, collectors are like any other individuals where they're moving from country to country suspect that we're also working with a number of collectors on immigration issues, right? Again, like most law, we have to ask questions. It depends on what the collector wants to do in the U.S. If you're a collector just for the sake of collecting but not selling, that's a little more challenging as far as immigration is concerned because in order to come to the U.S. to live, you must either be coming in as an investor or as a business owner 
or as an employee. Anything else kind of falls into this gray area. And it's less if you've got a collector who just wants to collect art but happens to enjoy spending two months in LA and a couple months in New York and get down to Art Basel. So they spend three, four months a year in the US. Frankly, they can just do this as visitors. There's no restriction because they're not working in the US. As soon as a collector is then engaged in the transaction of art, then we kind of go back and say, okay, what is the level of activity? Are they collecting and selling art in their home country? If so, we go back to the first point that we made about, okay, depending on what the activity over here is, we'll set a structure around that, typically in coordination with yourself and our, let's say, corporate and, and tax partners, to make sure that they can work as a collector or a curator in the U.S. with the right visa. Bring up a really interesting point, Riaz, that when collectors are thinking about the art and all these different assets they have and how they're collecting, there may be a reason for them to be adjusting that behavior and turn it into something that is more business related because there is a immigration planning benefit to that. So that, again, is something that we can really work with in looking at the facts and circumstances. When a person has a particular visa around a business activity in the U.S., our types of clients oftentimes want to bring an assistant or a domestic worker with them. And having a particular visa allows you to do that, rather than if you just come and go as a visitor. We oftentimes find clients who are traveling to the U.S. temporarily or actually setting up a business, and they are bringing their family family members over and want to bring a domestic worker, a nanny, a cook, a driver. And we've had a lot of experience helping individuals bring over those important members of their support staff, which helps them transition to the United States smoothly, and it makes the move to the United States uh, an easier one for the client and the family. It's definitely what we're seeing with art collectors, where they are traveling so much to these different art fairs around the world. There is a lot of movement that they want this to be part of their lifestyle. So whatever we can do in terms of helping on the immigration side to facilitate that is definitely something we try to do. Oftentimes, there are things that an artist or anyone in business will do when they're in the U.S., which they may think is not necessarily work-related, but it can be interpreted that way. So for example, let's say if an artist spends a month in New York in their own studio painting. They're not working for anybody. But if that work then is sold, it's a question whether or not that was employment activity, which probably I think it would be considered employment activity because the work is being done over here. So what an artist may think is just harmless, well, I'm an artist, it's what I do. From an immigration point of view, maybe an immigration violation. So it's really important, I think, for the artists, their agents, their representatives, etc., to talk to us and say, "Hey, we've got a situation. This is what this person is going to do. Is there anything I should be aware of?" And there are often options to help that individual structure a proper work relationship or agent relationship with someone, so that they're not violating U.S. immigration laws. So much of what we do, I think the holistic approach is so important because, as you're both saying, you can have an artist where they don't realize, I mean, they're running their own business. And with that come different types of responsibilities that affect a number of legal disciplines. And so immigration is definitely one of them. That is a tie and an intersect that we follow very closely. Thank you both so much for joining me in this discussion on immigration and art. It's been a pleasure speaking with you both. 
Thank you very much for having thanks, us. Thanks, Dan. It has been wonderful discussing this our law topic with you. To all of our listeners out there, thanks for listening. And if you have any follow-up questions, please feel free to reach out.